This podcast is part of E2C Network, where we share the whole Auburn experience. War Eagle, Auburn fans, and welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football. I am joined to, this is Jared, by the way, it's not my usual position. AJ is not in this week, so I am having to host, and I almost forgot what to say. I am joined by a special guest, special to me, I guess. It is my brother, Jamie, and he's going to help me uh, review the San Jose State game and preview the Penn State game. Jamie, how are you doing? All right, doing well. I think that's probably the nicest thing you've ever said to me or about me. So uh, I think I'm going to require you to talk on camera or on tape for now on about me. Well, we we have to. I have to trick the people. They they think uh, they think I'm nice, so I have to keep that going. So um, yeah, that that probably is the nicest thing I've said. That's pretty bad, actually. Um, but yeah, maybe we'll record every convo going forward. It, it's a low standard to, to beat for sure. <laughs> um, well, it's good to have you on, man. Uh, real quick, Jamie is my brother, and he has been an Auburn fan his whole life as well, so he has, is well aware of all the stress that goes along with that. Uh, he's also an Auburn grad, as am I, and uh, glad to have him here. So, um, Jamie, I, I hate to actually have to do this, um, but we need to review that San Jose State game. So, just overall in the beginning, like, what are your thoughts on it? You know, we're going to, we're going to, I'm going to ask you a couple specific questions, but just wanted to get your initial thoughts on the game and what you saw and what it might mean. Yeah, I think it's easy to get down on uh, the game. So the score obviously was not what we all were hoping for. If you really look at the game, though, we were our own worst enemy. Um, bad penalties, which we didn't see in game one. Um, I think we had four all of game one. We probably had that in the first drive of uh, this past game. Uh, and then the turnovers. So, and once again, um, I, and I'm sure we're going to address this, but uh, the turnovers and really I think what Auburn can do on offense to address that. So, you know, there's going to be a lot of ifs, ands, and buts in here. And so we all can say if this didn't happen, we would have done this. But, you know, if there had not been the turnovers, some of them are avoidable. If there had not been the penalties, some of them were avo- avoidable. I think it could have been a much different game. And I'll even go to the first play of the game. And I'm a huge Tank Bigsby fan. But it's almost as if, I don't know if it's a vision issue or a predetermined uh, situation or just not giving it time. But if you actually go back and watch it, the very first play of the game, we're actually blocking everybody to the right. Um, tank I think it's supposed to take one step right and then cut back to the left on a counter. And honest to goodness, now obviously on the camera angle we have, we can't see what is all there. But almost the entire San Jose State team is um, out of the screen. If he cuts back to the left, he may go for a touch on that first play. I think that changes the entire conversation about the game. Um, So what I'm saying is there's a few small things here and there that if have gone differently – which is the case with most games. I'm not trying to discount that, but if just gone differently, we very well could be having a very different conversation about, holy crap, look what we just did. Um, we, we put it on. So, I mean, I think if you run uh, 80 yards on the first play of the game for a touchdown, that changes the whole set of the game. And then on the second hand, I think what Auburn somehow does really well in defense is, man, you look at it, we put a ton of pressure on the quarterback, um, didn't sack him a lot. And somehow we turn every quarterback into Heisman-looking quarterbacks. And this is not a coaching thing. This has been going on. Uh, You and me, I don't know if you probably even remember this, have been going to games since 1989. We were at the first Auburn-Alabama game. 
Uh, and, and I don't remember it happening there, but dadgummit, if I haven't seen it a lot over the last 30 years of us turning quarterbacks into Heisman winning type quarterbacks, and they were throwing back shoulder passes and um, just making incredible catches. And, you know, you can't stop that. I don't know how these teams do these shutouts when you have te- teams who come there and start making just plays that are just almost un- unimaginable. And that's what happened a little bit against our defense, I felt. Yeah, I, I, uh, I'm having flashbacks of Tennessee coming in here maybe 2018 and winning their first, Jeremy Pruitt's first SEC game. And it was, I can't remember the guy's name, kind of a unique name. I think he was from like New Jersey. But yeah, I mean, he looked like a, he looked like a Heisman winner. Oh, we, um, we turned we turned him into, yeah, exactly a Heisman winner. And he looked like he was unbeatable. Yeah. And I think that was the only game that year that anybody would have even started him on another team. Yeah, yeah, I agree, and I heard somebody talking about, so I don't know what you do in this game, because to be honest with you, um, we were in their face on every pass. Like, I, the only thing I know to do is, and why they haven't been taught this, is to get your head turned around, and that's easier said than done, but there was very few, other than the slant routes, which I, I could spend 30 minutes talking about why we didn't address that, but the, the deep sideline passes, they were covered. They were just making crazy catches, and but that ha- seems to happen. You're right; it seems to happen every time we play somebody that you know we should take care of. They we turn them into a great quarterback. Yeah, it seems like the worse the team, the better we make the quarterback. And the funny thing is, I can't even blame it on bad coaching, bad player decision, anything else. I mean, when when a guy's throwing up a fifty fifty ball. Or maybe even an uncatchable ball, and, they're catching and the all guy's of them. coming down with a one-handed catch. You know, yeah. right before he goes out of bounds, it's it's undefendable, and uh, mm-hmm. and that's what goes on. And I I don't I can't explain it. Uh, and you, you mentioned the seven sacks in the previous game, and I thought a lot about that. The only thing I can take from that is, I mean, we had a ton of pressure on him, and we couldn't get to him. The only thing I'm curious about is a they played down to their competition the week before, and b. I wonder if they spent a lot of time rolling that quarterback out and having him throw. If you if you look go back at the tape, he rolled a lot out to his right and was throwing. So they put him a lot more in movement. I'm assuming I haven't seen the first game's tape um, to try to avoid sacks, which meant we had a lot of pressure, but we did not get the the sacks behind the line of scrimmage for sure. Yeah, and and Jamie's referring to so uh, Portland State um, played San Jose State week one, and Portland State had seven sacks. And so Jamie and I had kind of talked um, about, you know, why did we only have three? And, you know, the, every game's different. You're right. I, I'm assuming San Jose State probably went in there thinking, you know, they could do things different. And, I mean, in our game, the majority of the game, they were throwing so quick. I'm not trying to make, the, the, you know, excuses for us, but the quick slant, you, nobody's sacking a guy who's throwing a quick slant. It's just impossible. Um, you, you've got two options. You've got two options on that. You can throw the ball quickly. Three seconds, no one can get to a quarterback. I mean, that's NFL. You can put the best NFL players. Every quarterback knows they have three seconds in their head. Three seconds, release it. Um, so, you, yeah, you don't have that. And then the fact that they were rolling him out on anything where they were trying to get any distance. I think both those things, those are just good coaching on their side. Yeah, I agree. Let me ask you this, um, and, and we don't – this is not to beat up on anybody, but, it, you know, it's just, it's happened twice now. Um, is, is this a trend with Harson? So, you know, Georgia State um, was even more a, a scarier game because, I mean, we got down 24 to – it might have been 24 to 7. I don't know. Something bad. This one was not that bad, and, and we were leading the entire second half after the first drive. But, like, what do you think is – I mean, 
so Gus, to me, the deal with Gus was, okay, he, you know, he couldn't get over the hurdle of beating LSU and Georgia, but he usually took care of the teams he was supposed to. Um, what, what do you think might cause the two games in a two games in two years is, is a little bit of a trend starting. It sounds like for, for teams we really should not struggle with. I think in general, over the course of Gus's time there, that's true. I think there were a few games in there where we could go back and say, how in the world um, were we struggling with that team of lesser talent? Um, I'm not ready to say it is a trend with Harson. I mean, obviously, if you're on the Harson bandwagon, you're going to come up with excuses. And if you hate him, you're going to believe this is an example of, of why he shouldn't be the coach. I'm not going to go either place there. Um, I think it's just a an example of a team with a couple of issues. One, we do not have a definitive quarterback um, in play, uh, and that really was a huge part of it is just consisting on offense. And for whatever reason, we were struggling with penalties and, and turnovers, and we can talk a little bit about the turnovers, not as much about the penalties. I don't know, but – I'm not going to lay that all on Harson's uh, feet this time, but sure, I think that is something you have to watch moving forward. If there is, if there is a moving forward, um, what are some things on the offensive side that that you saw that you know people would probably roll their eyes at, um, but but you actually saw and said, hey, that was that was something that's positive. We could we can we can build on that. Was there anything, and if so, what were some specifics? Um, I mean, both quarterbacks really had some impressive moments. I mean, whether you're, again, I I feel like Auburn is so split on quarterbacks, on coaches, on everything else. But if you just take T.J. Finley's uh, film um, and and look at it, really, so that all but maybe one of his interceptions, and he's thrown thrown three or four. Three. Three. He's three this year, yeah. I want to say all three of his, or at least two of the three, have come with Basically, the safety playing um, center field and just cut, um, basically drifting over. And there's two things going on there, in my opinion. One is we're doing too many um, long routes and not uh, absorbing, the, uh, occupying that safety. So if we were doing uh, some more throws over the middle, some more play action, I think you could keep that safety more honest. But when we're running go routes so often on our th- passing game 20 yards down the field, it's great when you connect, but when you don't connect, um, you have that, that guy basically playing center field that can get the interception. So I think, first of all, if we got to help TJ out, and two is we, he's, he's got to use his eyes to manipulate that safety. Um, with um, Ashford, man, what a bolt of lightning. I'd love to see him more involved um, in the short passing game as well, um, and then also using his running. I would even love to say, hey, drop back, look at these two options, throw the pass if they're open. If they're not, run. I mean, his speed is unbelievable, and that's the part of the game you it's so hard to match up with if you have a running quarterback. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. I think, the uh, to be honest with you, the, uh, one, of, one of TJ's passes was just really bad against Mercer. The other one was a good play by the safety. Um, now, TJ should have seen him, but it was a good play. And then really – Saturday, it was a great play by the DB. I mean, it was an out route. He jumped it, but it was not an easy play. Um, now, again, we we can't have that. Um, you got to find a way to not do that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think TJ had 65% completion percentage. You know, I think if I told you, hey, uh, we run for, I don't know, 220 yards, and TJ has a 65% completion percentage, you probably assume we win pretty comfortably, would you not? 
No, well, no, and I think that's what we've set up to now is the difference in the game was not the offensive output. It was the turnovers and the penalties. I mean, if you think about it, we had third and 24 um, in, the, in our first drive on our first third down. And then we had two interceptions. I think both of them on our side of the field, at least we had the ball was on our side of the field and we threw it. I don't know if the, the interception occurred on our side of the field or not. So, you again, it, you're, you're playing uphill. When you've got 10, 15 penalties, two turnovers, I don't care who you're playing, you're going to struggle to, to win. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, do what was your thought on? Um, and I hate pointing one individual person out, but I think he had a penalty in the first game as well. What, what's your thought on Schenker? Pretty sure he had two penalties. And I mean, Schenker's a is he a six year guy now? He used the COVID year. Um, six year. He he had three penalties. Um, I'll give him credit on one of them. He basically blocked below the waist, um, and they said he was outside the tackle box, which was physically impossible to happen because he was at the end of the tackle box and blocked in. So I, unless I misunderstand the rule, an atrocious call. So I won't hold him uh, against, uh, that against him. The other two, you know what? Any of us are out there, the guy, and we're, we've got our hands. I mean, basically every block is a hold, right? And if the player turns the wrong way, you get caught. So I'm hoping that's just bad luck. Like you said, six-year guy, uh, either if not a captain, a leader. Um, you know, if that continues, sure, let's talk. But I'm I'm going to give him credit. I think it was a bad call, as as I understand the rule on the blocking call or on the um, below the waist call blocking. And then the other two, again, um, I'm hoping are just sort of you know. It's going to happen throughout the course of the season. They just happen all in the same game. Yeah, you mentioned it happens every play. We got lucky. We got away with one on on the what, the first fourth down conversion. Uh, I don't know who our uh, as our right tackle got uh, burnt, and he rips the he grabs the shoulder pad to give TJ one more second um, to get that pass off. Yeah, and, I, I call I, I call that an Alabama call. Yeah, that's where that's where you, you're allowed to hold, and it doesn't count. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that was one, that was definitely one they would have gotten. So um, we got away with that one. Um, you know, the crazy thing to me is I feel like TJ is like a first read guy. If his first read's there, he's a, he's got a strong arm. He's accurate. But on the flips, I feel like he struggles if he has to go through his reads. But on the flip side, when everything breaks down and it's going crazy and he's got dudes draped off of him, he finds a guy. So it's like we need an in-between TJ there where all right, he can do the first read. He can do the crazy stuff. He did it at Georgia State. He did it twice last night on fourth downs. We need a guy who can also stand in there, go through third and fourth reads and find them. And if he can master that, he's got a great arm. He's a tall guy, and he's he's pretty smart when you listen to him talk. I, I love him. I want him to be successful. Um, I love his story. I love to hear him talk. Um, I am pulling for him, and at, I think that's the frustrating point you just said is at times he has been Roethlisberger right there. This big old guy gets a rush. People are hanging on him, and he just says, eh, I'll throw it 20 yards downfield to the wide-open guy, and everything looks great. And that's why I think the coaches are excited about him, or at least when I say excited, they're giving him a starting job. I think he's done all the leadership things they've asked. I mean, from everything I've seen and heard, you cannot ask more from him it's those moments in between. It's the second down and ten, and he and he doesn't go through his progressions. 
um, and, and the line holds up and everything else is where the problems fall, fall, uh, kind of come in. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I will also say I don't think they did him any favors last night because, I mean, we saw the first game like twice to get a first down. We saw a drag route by Shed, and, you know, that was not to be seen at all yesterday. Um, every every single passing route was a go route, again, and that, now that's a very generic term. I'm not saying that's what was being called, but I, there was no underneath passing game, which, you know, we've had issues with that going back for years. Um, so I don't know where that's coming from either. I thought well, that was really going to be the strength of bringing in Harson was getting a more dynamic passing game at the short, intermediate, and long. And really, to be honest with you, the passing game looked much more like a Gus Malzahn offense. Yeah, it did. And, uh, Jamie, going into the fourth quarter, we had one reception by a receiver. The others were tied in. So, Coy Moore had one reception going into the fourth quarter. It was, um, Johnson's, was Johnson in a, a catch? Was that a fourth quarter? Late? Well, I, I tell mean, you what, it could have very well been third. There was at least late into the third. Uh, I was I was actually chatting with you and another group of people, and I, I pointed out we didn't have any wide receiver uh, catches, and I I quickly remember we had hit one to Coy Moore. So it was definitely in the third quarter, and I'm pretty sure it was late in the third. And even and, if and it was, that's, that's two. That's two that we had. You know, even if there's it was, several symptoms. That symptoms of several things, and one of those is that intermediate passing, short and intermediate passing game. Yeah. Um, it, it, there's no, I mean, if you look at the, the passes they were running against us, um, <laughs> seven yards, seven yards, seven yards, we weren't doing any of that. So, yeah, you know, you're not getting your, your receivers involved. You're not giving a chance to catch and run, which is supposed to be a big part of our plan going into the season, um, supposedly getting the speedsters the ball uh, and, and some playmakers the ball. So, yeah, I, again, I don't know if it was what the defense was giving us, but it definitely felt like, we got out of our game plan, whether, excuse me, I shouldn't say we got out of our game plan. Maybe we ran our game plan. Our game plan was missing those pieces, that, and I'm not sure why. So, And if yeah, we incorporate those, that takes care of, I think, of some of those interception issues too because we got to occupy that safety. you got to have a receiver running after him, so he has to be he has to cover him, or he's got to be worried about the run game, or he's got to be worried about that intermediate passing game. If he's able to sit back there and just watch the quarterback's eyes, you're going to see a lot of two interception, three interception games. So you, I get more emotional than you do during a game, and so I always sometimes will say silly things. But two things stuck out to me last night. Um, in fact, Pro Football Focus rated Damari Austin the highest offensive player for us. Now he only played three snaps. But Damari Austin comes in and makes an amazing run. Like, read the hole, burst, everything was great, and then we don't see him again. And then Robbie Ashford throws an interception – and for about a quarter and a half, we could do nothing. We don't see Robbie. We get in the third quarter. We're moving the ball. TJ's in there. We're in a great rhythm. We bring Robbie in. He bobbles the snap, and the place dies. And so I, I, why do you think coaches do that type stuff? Like, like why do we never see Demari again? He had, why would you put it – if you're going to put him in, he does really well. Why do you not ever put him back in? Um, so let's look at the running backs first. Uh, wow. Did, uh, did the and, – and, as you guys know, I'm horrible in names, or excuse me, Demari listeners Austin. don't know, as you know. Um, yeah. Um, looks great. Looks like a legit running back. I love um, our second running back, Hunter. Jarquez. Yeah, Jarquez Hunter. Um, again, forgive me, horrible in names. Um, and I have nothing as Tank Bigsby, but yeah, both of them had some amazing runs. Uh, and and let's play them, get them the ball. I mean, that, and that's not a shot at Tank at all. Uh, so I'm with you there. 
I think the quarterback one is interesting. So it's funny. You're danged if you do and you're danged if you don't. So, you know, you kind of even said it there. We don't see him for three quarters and couldn't move the ball at all. Or not three quarters, but for, for a yeah, while. About a quarter and a half. He, he did not come half. back in, and we weren't moving and, the ball. And so, <laughs> and so you know, and I, I'm not picking on you, but, you know, you're kind of saying, why didn't we see him? And then when they didn't bring him in, you're like, well, why did you bring him in? So, I don't know. It's it's one of those catch-22s. I was okay with the way they used him. I mean, in theory, bring him in. I love the fact that we let him throw the ball some. Obviously, he's coming in and he's running, and he's hitting nine yards at a, at a pop. Um, he is fast. He hits the hole. Um, we let him throw to keep the defense honest, which is a great thing. I haven't, we haven't seen that necessarily in the past with that change of uh, pace quarterback. Um, I was fine with the way they used him. I, I, you know, I think the interception scared him off a little bit. Um, I don't know. I mean, that's so tough. You're, you're getting, you're trying to manage a game. You're trying to score points. I'm with you. I understand what you're saying, but I, I can see both sides of it. They got a little scared of letting pass. I think is what it came down to. Yeah, but. And, and that was really more of a testament to TJ because I think you, ha- I, I almost think you have to have Robbie to get the offense going. But it was just, it was one of those things. I think we had gone down and scored, and then we got the ball back, and we were driving again in rhythm. TJ's doing well, running backs are doing well, and we changed the rhythm ourselves. And we and probably no, I, did that against Mercer, and it worked. And so I didn't say anything, but it did not work yeah. this time. And you're like, why did we do it? I think I think when anytime it fails, it's anytime you run a trick play and it fails, it looks stupid. Anytime I get 100% what you're saying, but man, if we're inside the 10 yard line, I love having that option of him running or throwing. If I if it's third and three, I love the opportunity to bring him in, and either then the defense has to pay attention to both um, the guy he is either handing off to and the fact that he might keep it himself. So I love integrating him into the game plan. So I'm you're rarely going to hear me complain about it. Um, I get the rhythm thing, and every quarterback will tell you there is that's a big deal. So that's the problem that you have with the two quarterback system. Um, but if you're going to embrace that, I think you got to live with the ups and the downs of it. Yeah, you're probably right because they brought it. He sealed the uh, almost sealed the game. He came in and got that first down on that that uh, when we needed it on like third and nine. He ran and got the first down, which helped tremendously at the end. So you know, and I'll uh, tell you something that's interesting. And I even watched it today with the. Uh, the Falcons and Marcus Mariota. There's too often when you have a running quarterback, they call a running play. I tell you when a quarterback is the most dangerous, have him drop back. Yeah. Let the the receivers clear out the the safeties and the cornerbacks. Then have him run. It still can be considered a design run. Just let them clear everybody out. Can you imagine what Ashford could do if instead of uh, playing 11 on 11, um, he's basically running against... uh, five people and everybody else has been cleared out by all receivers running go routes yeah without a doubt i agree with you i don't i don't know man they get paid a lot more money than us so i guess they i guess they know what they're doing but so i agree sometimes you you wonder why they do what they do or yeah, don't and do what they this do. is a question that the coaching staff it's just observations that you know sitting back on the couch like you said not getting paid you start thinking about so. yeah i'm sorry you had to watch the falcons game by the way um uh, real quick, let's move on to defense, and then we'll. I got one thing I want to touch on: special teams, and then we'll we'll go ahead and wrap up the uh, San Jose State review. Um, you mentioned it. We've already talked about the fact that Portland State had seven sacks, we had three, and we talked about how we got a lot of pressure. Um, I mean, do you think? Because I mean, we way outweigh those guys. Like, and uh, I heard somebody say they they did not practice a lot, tackle. They didn't do a lot of contact because they they're pretty limited. Um, so they had some new guys without much contact, except for the Portland State game. 
and we still only got three sacks. You think it's just a product of the quick passing and the rollouts they did with him, or is there something else we need to be worried about? You know, look, I have no earthly idea. When you're playing a team like this, if you don't win and win big, you obviously are always going to be worried. Um, so three sacks, that that's not bad for most games. Um, we had amazing amount of pressure, and and pressure doesn't always equal sacks. It it, but hopefully, you know, if you have amazing pressure, that's going to equal sacks over the course of a season. So I was happy with that. I'm not uh, upset with not getting to the ground. Like I said, I thought the other coaching staff did a great job of minimizing those opportunities with the quick passing game and the rollouts. Um, so I give them a lot of credit there. Um, yeah, I. We could have easily sacked the guy six times. I'll tell you what, there was a few frustrating moments, both um, in their running game and even maybe on a quarterback, and I can't remember. There was a couple times where we, I literally saw an Auburn player run full blast into a guy and never stick his arms out. And that I don't understand from a football standpoint, from a coaching standpoint, from a technique standpoint. Um, I don't get um, right, well, it. Let's jump into that because I got my next point here. <laughs> we... So the three players that graded the highest by Pro Football Focus, Derek Hall, Ekuliota, and Owen Papo. And I know for a fact, I saw Owen Papo run into a running back and never even attempt to tackle him. And yeah, the guy no, got no, another that, 15 yards. Yeah, no, I, I agree 100%. Um, I think that right there should call into question the legitimacy of Pro Football Focus, which, by the way, I quote a lot and, and really appreciate their material. I thought Wooten had a great game. I thought um, Hall had a great game. I was really impressed with uh, the guy out of North Carolina that transferred to us from um, Northwestern. Is it Leota? Oh, Echo Leota. Yeah, he w- he was one of the top three uh, graded by Pro I thought teams. they all three had a great game. Um, Owen Papo, you know, I don't, he didn't have a ton of tackles. He had a few. Um, that was a disgrace. Um, and I'm not I'm, of a football player. I don't understand how that happens. Uh, a four or five star recruit means the kid knows how to play, has got a nose for it, has been in the system three, four years, um, <laughs> runs at somebody full blast and never sticks it on my dad. I, that, that's mind boggling to me. And, yeah, and I, so I think that's a symptom of tackles for a loss. Um, that's a symptom of not getting sacks is, is, is if you don't need to stick your arms out, um, there's a problem. I, I agree with you. One other thing real quick, uh, and then we'll get out of here. I, uh, we only kicked one field goal. It was a 45-yarder, I believe, and it did barely get over, although the announcers made it sound like first time they've ever seen that. They went bananas. Um, is there and, – and the kicks weren't as deep in the end zone from uh, Anders. Do you think there's any concern there, or you think he just knew he didn't have to give it a, a full leg, or any thoughts on that? You know, on the field goal, I don't know. I mean, this guy's coming off an ACL. Yeah. His leg strength, I mean, even may not be at 100%. You know, again, I, I, spending a lot of time growing up in Georgia and spending a lot of time in the Atlanta area over the last 25 years, you know, they're talking about Acuna right now and what he's trying to do with his knee coming off of ACL. See, I wouldn't be shocked if he doesn't have the strength. We might be looking at a situation where his, his max is 48 yards this year. Um, as far as field goals and then kickoffs I've seen that a lot especially when you're playing um, with other teams and Auburn when you're playing a team that I'm going to for lack of a better term you should win is they tend to kick it shorter and higher 
I, I don't know if that is an intent to practice, have your uh, special team just get practice or what. So I don't know if that was a lecturing issue or a, a plan, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Uh, oh, you're probably right, man. It's not easy to come back from that stuff. So it's probably. But probably I think it's a legitimate in. concern if you're saying if we need a 55 yard to win the game. Yeah. Um, although. We got the number one. We got uh, we, McPherson, who's the, the brother to the Bengals kicker, uh, number one kicker in America as his backup. So yeah, he probably exactly. would. Be, he probably would be brought in for the longer kicks. I've heard people talk about that. Yeah, yeah, I don't know how many games he can play and still um, keep his. Richard, I forget. I know they changed the rules, but what's that? But he can play four games. Okay. So, yeah, if you had to bring him in four times over the course of the year, I could see that happening. Yeah. Well, good deal, man. Well, I appreciate you joining. Uh, that'll that'll be it for uh, recapping San Jose State. We You can listen to us later in the week. We'll do a, a preview of Penn State. So, thanks for joining, Jamie. And thank you, everybody, for listening. And War Eagle. Thank you for tuning in today's episode on the E2C Network. On your way out, I want to remind you to stop by E2Cnetwork.com. It's your one-stop shop for all our content across our podcast, YouTube channel, and much more. To stay up to date with us, make sure you're following social media accounts such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. While our content here may always be Auburn sports heavy, if it's orange and blue, it's what we do. War Eagle.